2: everyone, welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, DBTPFL. It's Tuesday, it's April 6th, it's 2021, and we have eight basketball games to talk about here on today's slate. I am joined by my good buddy, Genie for 07. Grant, how's it going, my friend?
3: Uh, not too bad. Just looking over the slate, reminded that April, April basketball is just wild. I mean, it's very profitable when you actually pay attention, but it's, it's wild stuff.
2: Yeah, we'll do what we can to give you guys a breakdown of the slate. But obviously, it's tough. Um, You know, night before podcast, you know, even as like a first look, it's just it's going to be tough with so much injury news that we're potentially waiting on. And so, yeah, let's jump right in, though. We get started with the Bulls and the Pacers. No total in this game. Dotson, Temple, Tice out for Chicago. Um, The reason that we don't have a total for this game Brogdon questionable, Sabonis questionable, Lamb questionable, Warren out. Um, Let's start with the Bulls. Anything standing out to you for Chicago?
3: Not really. I mean, it's an all right matchup for them, but just with Vooch being in there and everyone kind of in there except for Tice, um, like Vooch offers you some upside, Levine offers you some upside, but there's almost certainly going to be value that opens up that you can go a little bit more stars and scrubs. So not particularly guys that I'm looking at. We'll never argue with them in DBPs, but not guys that I'm overly confident about. Without Tyson there, then there's probably a little bit of uptick in minutes for Young, probably a little bit of uptick in minutes for Marketing. You can take a shot on Marketing, but there's almost certainly going to be better value. Outside of that, like probably not touching Saturansky, probably not touching Williams. This is just a spot where there's other, there's going to be other better spots on the board because of injuries. And this is just a spot where there's not too much to really affect this game.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, we look at the last two weeks of usage for the Chicago Bulls and Levine's still sitting around like 33%, uh, but he's averaging under a fantasy point per minute. Uh, Vooch is averaging 1.39 fantasy points per minute at about 25% usage in that span. So I think Levine has a ceiling, but I think it's definitely capped with Vooch. Um, You know, I don't know. You, You just look at it in this spot in general and I'm with you. I don't think you're playing anything here from Chicago outside of maybe Sadorinsky at 5,100, you know, kind of what you were talking about Uh Pacers obviously like Brogdon Sabonis. It, it just, it sets up the slate. Like here we are, first game of the day, seven o'clock game. And we're looking at two of the most important players in this lineup, potentially not playing. And, If they sit, Levert and Turner are phenomenal plays.
3: Yeah, if Sabona sits and Turner gets a massive upgrade, really like him. If Brogdon sits, Levert gets a massive update. If they both both sit, then I mean, realistically, McConnell's going to come into play. He should play a boatload of minutes. He's priced at 5,300, which is an all right price tag, but probably a little bit too low. Sumner Holiday ended up getting, what, 25 minutes in the last game, could potentially get that again. The price at 3,3 and 3,8 didn't get nearly enough of a price bump. So it just all depends on, and even if Lamb's out, that's even a bigger bump. Like, it all depends on this bonus and Brocken news. like, yeah, it really does set up the slate this game and actually strangely enough the next game. So hopefully we should have enough news where if we get early in the day, it makes the slate a lot easier to break down. If not, you need to be paying attention before lock because this will drastically determine it because all these guys kind of become not quite lock and loads, but uh, very, very interesting plays. Both Sabonis and Brogdon play. I'm kind of just out on everything. I mean, Sabonis can't have a big night any given night. Brogdon can't have a big night any given night. But really, it's a good match for them going up against Chicago. Still not a great defensive team. Kind of middle of the pack. Faster-paced team. But they're all priced accordingly. Um, Brogdon, I think, would be the guy that would most likely give you some upside. He can get hot shooting and at 6,800. He can definitely put up a 45-point outing at any given time. This is a spot where he could do it. But just doesn't really make the cut so be paying attention to that Sabonis and brogdon news and if they're out it kind of opens up everything over there on indy
2: yeah i would love lavert if brogdon doesn't play um tj mcconnell would become very interesting if brogdon's out at 5300 so a lot of um potential pieces that would become interesting for the pacers if we get news that sabonis and brogdon aren't going to play in this one and we might even see like Bitsday's days um, play decent minutes at minimum salary if we get news that Sabonis isn't going to play. So, lot to be paying attention for in this one. Luckily, it's the first game of the night. But and then we go to this next game. We got New Orleans at Atlanta. No total in this game. Um, you know, Alexander Walker is out. Hart is out. Ingram and Zion are both questionable. <laughs> and then on the Atlanta side, Collins is out. Dunn is out. Hunter is out, and Reddish is out. Here's another spot, Grant, that we're looking at, and, like, this this is impossible to talk about the night before, but if we get news that Ingram and Zion are not going to play, like, give me all the Bledsoe, give me all the Lonzo Ball, and dare I say, like, give me some James Johnson.
3: Uh, Yeah, you absolutely should. I mean, he's going to play like he's – getting a little bit more in shape like played 33 minutes in the last game 29 in the game before that 28 if he's going to be playing that much even at 5.2k I don't think that's nearly enough of a price increase and this guy's been producing and without Zion without Ingram there the the playing time is absolutely going to be there and the usage and everything should end up being there Bledsoe is a stone cold oh not stone cold lock no one's ever a stone cold lock in April because any number of different things can end up happening but Let's all ball both become fantastic players. I mean, Ingram and Zion eat up so much usage. This matchup versus Atlanta. Neil's Na is out. Hart is out. Like this is just a spot where all these guys, all these guys should end up with a massive usage boost. Even if this game ends up being a blowout, they'll still get a decent enough run. Um yeah, like all these guys, all these guys are very, very much in play. And I forgot Isaiah Thomas's. Is.
2: 10-day contract, not on the injury yeah. report.
3: Yeah, well, that could be interesting.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, know how much he would really play. I don't, but... I don't think
3: so. Yeah, I don't think he would play, but realistically, they need to score. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he'd probably only get like eight minutes. Uh, yeah, Bledsoe Ball, James Johnson, all in play If Zion or Ingram, one of them into playing. I think you can play the other guy very easily. Um, but, but, yeah, that's, that's kind of it. You have to wait on the news, but. Just know if they're out, everyone's pretty much uh, very much in play and massive, massive bump for everyone.
2: Um, The Atlanta side of things, you know, obviously in this one with Collins out, um, you know, and all these other pieces that have been kind of out, what are we looking at here for the Hawks?
3: I mean, I think that Trae Young is pretty much always in play. It's a match versus – new orleans so don't mind that capella's kind of always in play should get a few extra minutes without without columns in there so it should be in the low to mid 30s he's priced it's 8.6 but we've seen this guy put up massive outings before and the rebounds and minutes and points should all be up because of the columns news outside of that i mean obviously with reddish out with hunter out with Dunn done out like Bogdanovich should still play a decent role. The problem is his price tag is probably about where it should be. I think there's still definitely some upside with him. He can put up a big game at any given time, even with Trey Young eating into a lot of that usage. But he's not a bad play. Gallinari, 5.7K, probably a little bit of low price tag considering he's going to play, I assume, with Collins and everyone else. out, He's probably going to play mid-30s minutes of this game and some staying close, which is definitely a possibility. It won't, especially if Zion and Ingram end up missing. Probably not playing Lou will. Don't know if he'll get up enough minutes. Herder, too many mouths to feed. He's fine, but not really a great play. Don't really see a huge ceiling on him. Um, but yeah, Bogdanovich, Capella, Trey Young, those are in Galinari are all very much in play without if without Collins in there.
2: And I think like overall, when you're looking at a guy like Lou Williams, if you can find him cheap on any of the sites, you know, that's where you could potentially play him. Cause I do think he'll play 25 to 30 minutes but you know that's not saying much on an eight game slate in the beginning of april so moving on we have philly at boston hey there's a total in this game grant uh 223 and a half boston's favor by one and a half hill and thompson are out that's really it until a bunch of news drops tomorrow now that i just jinxed it
3: um, what are we looking at here for the Seventy Sixers? Embiid and everyone's priced up too much. I mean, Simmons always always offers you a bit of a ceiling, but Embiid, like, hopefully he ends up getting his normal allotment of minutes. Um, who knows if he will, but if he does, then he can absolutely smash even at ten point two K. I am mean, worried about the minutes, so he's just kind of a GPP dart. It's not really a great matchup going up against Boston, but he can end up getting it done outside of him like Harrison Simmons are still probably priced up a little bit too much. They're sitting at the mid eight k range. And I think Simmons would be the more likely guy to go off because he can still put up a massive game at any given time. Cause he can stuff the stat sheet, um, not playing green, not playing Curry, not playing any of these guys. Cause again, the price tag is a little bit off with of all these guys, especially when considering the matchup because Embiid hasn't been playing. So they haven't dropped down enough yet. So Justin Embiid. <laughs> And that's more of a GBP dart.
2: Yeah, Simmons is priced up too much, and Harris is priced up too much with Embiid back. So I think I'm with you. I think it's really Embiid. Competitive game, like a really competitive potential game here. Um, I don't think we'll need him, but Seth Curry is somewhat interesting. I just We're going to have so much value open up on this slate. Um, it's just it's really tough to play a guy like Seth Curry. Um, Boston side, anything standing out to you here for Boston?
3: I mean, Tatum's fine. Brown, I'm a little bit worried that they're not going to play him a ton because of that sore knee. Like he still will probably get 30 minutes, but he's not going to get into the high thirties. I don't know. Maybe it's just because they've been in blowout the last two games, but the knee soreness worries me a little bit. But his price tag is a little intriguing at 7.6 K. Um, Williams, I feel like is. Probably the play if he can stay out of foul trouble. Obviously, that's a big if, but if he does, if match versus MB, he can get a few more blocks, he can get a few more boards, he can play 30 some odd minutes in the spot, especially with TT still out. Um, I don't see many other guys that I could put on to guard him, so I think Williams is the guy that I'm really considering. I mean, Kemba's fine, like he's a little bit cheap, but it's not really an easy matchup going up against Philly with all these guys in here. So I'm really more relying on a guy that can get a lot of boards that can get a lot of blocks and Williams. But the foul trouble is obviously a potential huge issue. So more just the big field GBP play, because he can put up 55 in any given matchup.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Boston's always such a an interesting team to target in DFS. I, I, like, we know the ceiling that Jason Tatum has um, in any matchup. Competitive games, it always seems like he – you know shows up more for these types of games and i think robert williams is super interesting but i don't think i'll end up playing him like fournier i don't know really what to expect like you know a couple of the close games he's played right at 30 minutes he's a guy when he's shooting the ball well you know he's definitely someone that can you know break a slate so i don't hate him in large field tournaments but Not my favorite game on the slate. I do think it's going to be one of the most competitive games on the slate, though. So maybe I should stack it 3-2 or 2-1 just because it's going to be competitive here. Uh, Moving on, we got the Lakers and the Raptors. Uh, No total in this game. It is a back-to-back for Toronto. Um, Anthony Davis, Dudley, LeBron out. Andre Drummond and Wes Matthews questionable. And then on the Toronto side, they're on a back-to-back. We know Kyle Lowry is not going to play. We know that Van Vliet um, was hurt the other night and didn't play Monday. So we'll have to see if he's going to play in this game or not. Uh, what are we looking at here for the Lakers?
3: I mean, Harrell's in play. If Drummond doesn't end up playing, if Drummond's playing, I'm kind of out on both of them. I mean, they didn't give Drummond a ton of minutes in his first game back. And I can't imagine he's any more in shape now. So kind of out on both of them at their price tags, if Drummond ends up playing. But Harrell's definitely in play in tournaments. And then it's just pretty much Schroeder and Kuzma like we've seen the ceiling on these guys multiple times they're going to be needed for scoring they have a need for scoring their price tags have dropped enough in a good matchup versus Toronto like Kuzma at 6.8k and Schroer at 6.9k is less than they've been in a while and Schroer has been consistently putting up around 40 in games that stay close so I mean it's just those two and it's a matchup versus Toronto especially if they're out without Lowry and Van Vliet a bump to the matchup and it's more likely to stay close So it's really just Schroeder and Kuzma. Like, they're the guys. They're the guys that are going to eat up all the usage. They have a good matchup. They're underpriced. Yeah.
2: um, Those are the two guys that, like, I was going to mention. I don't mind Harrell, especially, like, I don't think Drummond plays a lot like you were talking about. So, But those are really the two guys that I'd be the most interested in, like, Horton Tucker is always someone that, like, if you're playing large field tournaments and you're, like, mmeing, you probably want to get some ownership towards uh, just because, like, he is going to put up double-digit shots in most games. So don't mind him. On the Toronto side of things, um, you know, if we get news that Lowry – well, if we get news that Van Vliet's going to be out again, um, I think you have to look at Flynn again. Like, coming off of a really good game, he's still 3,900. We know he's going to play 30 plus minutes. Um, I, I think you have to look at Flynn.
3: Yeah, no, you kind of have to look at everyone without Van Vliet in there, without Lowry in there. So if Van Vliet ends up missing, Flynn is by far the biggest upgrade. He's 3.9K. That's way too cheap of a price tag. They didn't adjust nearly enough because obviously they didn't see his game. It's the second of a back-to-back. So Flynn is pretty much a lock and load for me. If Van Vliet's out just because he's going to play a boatload of minutes. He's going to do a lot in those minutes. Um, outside of that, like Van Vliet's out, Siakam, OG, Trent, all very much in play. I think if you had to rank them, I'd go with OG, then Siakam, then Trent. Um, but they're all very much underpriced if Van Vliet's out, just because the amount of usage goes up there. But Flint's a lock and load if Van Vliet ends up not playing, and all three of those guys are playing. If Van Vliet ends up playing, I think you can take a shot on him. You can take a shot on Siakam. You can take a shot on OG. But none of them are good plays. Like, it's just – a spot where Van Vliet will entirely determine who you're going to play in this. And if he's in there, I'm probably just not going to play anyone.
2: Yeah. If he plays, like, I think you could potentially take shots on him. Um, I don't think that's the craziest idea, but yeah, probably not. At... I don't know, man. Like I think Flynn's really the guy. Siakam is okay. OG is okay, but you know it's like the first week of april and it's just like man ba- basketball yeah. the night before is so tough yep um we keep rolling along grant because that's what we do um memphis at miami 217 and a half total miami favored by six and a half clark is questionable triple j melton and winslow are out and miami pretty much good to go
3: um what are we looking at here for memphis Probably nothing. Like, Morant's fine. Valentinus is fine. Like, Grayson Allen is getting a decent amount of run, but he's 4,400 and there's probably going to be better value plays there on the slate. Dylan Brooks is always a chance at a massive game, but he's priced where he should be at 5.2k. It's a bad matchup versus Miami. Obviously playing at a slow pace, just not a good matchup overall. So, I mean, if everyone ends up playing, like if Sabonis and Brogdon end up playing, if Zion and Ingram end up playing, if Van Vliet ends up playing, if Drummond ends up playing, these guys come over into the mold. But I don't think that's the likely case, so I'm crossing off Memphis unless everyone ends up playing.
2: Yeah, like Memphis is obviously a team that plays at a really like they're they're fourth in pace over the last uh, five games, but like. Miami's twenty-eighth in pace and their fourth in defensive rating in that span. Like, this is just this is a team that wants to slow it down. They want to play defense. So I am probably out on Memphis. I think if I was going to play anybody, it'd be John Morant, just because I know he has 50 plus point upside in any matchup. Um, so he'd be the one guy that I would take shots on. And then on the Miami side, like like I said, they kind of want to slow the, slow it down, and I think like Jimmy Butler and Bam are maybe just a little too expensive for this slate.
3: Yep. Yeah, with Oladipo in there, with their prices, I'm just out on Miami. I'm out on this game. I know it's a pace-up matchup, and Butler could obviously put up a massive outing. He could put up a triple-double. He can do whatever. Bam obviously has huge upside. Oladipo can do stuff in this offense, but with all the minutes to go around for all the guards and then – with Butler and Bam's prices being what they are, even in a good matchup, it's just not a spot where I want to play anyone. Like if you're taking a shot on anyone, it's Jimmy, just because of his upside. But realistically, none of them make the cut. I'm, this is just a game that you can very easily fade and not feel bad about at all and very unlikely to have a guy in this game where they're going to break the slate.
2: Yep, yeah, uh, I'm with you. Um, moving right along, Detroit at Denver, no total in this game. It is a back-to-back for the Pistons, so we'll wait on some injury news. Denver's good to go. Um, Mason Plumlee was... They, they sat him on the first end of the back-to-back for rest yeah. purposes, so I expect him to play, and I expect Wayne Ellington to play, uh, so we'll have to kind of see. What are we looking at here for Detroit?
3: Probably With Ellington and with Plumlee back, like... Detroit plays too many guys, too many minutes. Rotation is pretty deep. Like, it was a little bit different of a story with Stewart potentially playing more minutes and obviously it ended up being a blowout or else he would have absolutely destroyed. Um, but with Plumlee coming back, Stewart and Plumlee are going to kind of just split minutes. Diallo should end up getting 20-some-odd minutes off the bench, and he can do well in that spot. But more likely, he's going to probably not crush value. Jackson's going to get around mid-20s minutes priced how he should be like no one is standing out as a decent play. And plus there's a decent chance that this game ends up being a blowout because Detroit's not good. Jeremy Grant is at a low price tag and obviously offers you some upside. It is a revenge game. He'd be the one guy that I would consider just because he does offer you some upside. He does have a decent amount of usage and can put up a 30 real life point game, but I don't know if I want to take a shot on him at this point in this season when I don't know if he's going to play, 30 some odd minutes in any given game. Like they run such a deep rotation that he could be anywhere from 25 to 35 minutes. And they're involved in so many blowouts. And if they're in a blowout, he just doesn't play the fourth pretty much every single time. So he's got inconsistency. If he plays a full workload and he's got inconsistency, if this game becomes a blowout. So I'm kind of just off everyone on Detroit.
2: I'm with you on that. Like I get why you would take shots on a guy like Grant in this spot, you know, some revenge and all that, all that jazz, but I don't think I can do it here. And I think Diallo maybe at 5,300, but again, we're going to have so much potential value on this slate that I just probably out, probably out. Um, let's go to the other side here. What are we looking at for Denver.
3: I'm a little bit worried about Joker's production since Aaron Gordon is coming in the mold. Like he's playing a boatload of mints. He's eating the usage and now they got Murray, they got Joker, they got Porter and they got Gordon there. Any one of these guys can end up going off. And I think my favorite play out of all of them is actually Aaron Gordon at 6.3 K, Put up 39 plus points in each of the last two games, playing 35 and 39 minutes in the last two games, like he's going to play a boatload of minutes and he's doing a ton in those minutes. He's 6.3. So he's obviously the most affordable, He's probably my top option. and It's weird having Joker be my third favorite option, but MPJ is probably the next guy just because he can get hot, he can get a boatload of points, and he's priced the lowest out of those guys. Jamal Murray is going to have his eat, is having his usage eaten into quite a bit, even though he's playing a boatload of minutes, and he can get to up to 50. He's priced at 8K. More than likely, he's going to end up in the mid-30s range. Like Joker, if you want to spend up on a guy that – Um, like I guess also depends on a few different factors because if Giannis ends up playing than that it's another spend up to the mix and we don't know how much value there's going to be on the slate but just straight up as a value if we're not including ownership or anything like that I don't think he breaks out near the top I think that there are better options I think that Curry is probably a better option I think that Embiid's probably a better option I think that Giannis is probably a better option but he's still definitely in play as a spend up we just don't know what value is going to end up opening up. And this game has the highest likelihood of a blowout in my opinion right now. We don't have a Vegas odd on it because it's second in the back to back, but there's a Detroit versus Denver
2: (laughs) going. It's the hardest back-to-back in the league too, going into Denver. Like this is a, this is a tough one. So I'm kind of with you. I think like, if you think that like, if you want to play somebody from Detroit and you want to play like Jokic to run it back and just hope that the game stays close, um, I think that's the only real way that you can um, play Jokic here is just kind of hoping for that close overall, like, ceiling spot. Um, Moving right along, we got Milwaukee at Golden State. Um, Tucker and Pascal are out. Giannis is listed as probable on the injury report. Um, No total out. I'm sure we see one soon. Um, What are we looking at here for Milwaukee? Milwaukee
3: likely Giannis um Drew and Middleton are fine like it's matchup versus Golden State's potential high scoring game there'll be a lot of run and gun but Giannis is probably the top spin up on the slate assuming this game stays close do we have a line for this now I don't see one out yet I haven't That's looked though yeah um but yeah it's Giannis like I don't mind Middleton or uh, Holiday both of them can end up with a pretty big game both of them are priced about where they should be but this matchup just gives them a nice little extra bump that either one of them go off for a large game. But it's pretty much just the big three for Milwaukee, and it, this is the kind of spot where anyone can go off. If you want to take a shot on DiVincenzo in tournaments, he's definitely shown some upside recently at different times, so I don't mind it, but it, it, it's Giannis by a mile, and then Drew, then Middleton.
2: Yeah, the only thing I'm seeing is like – um the Bucks money line is 278. So
3: it's the only thing that I'm seeing. That's not bad. That means they'll probably be minus seven, minus eight, maybe.
2: I think this is potentially one of the best game stacks on the slate. We're going to have a ton of value. I think you can get Giannis and Curry yep. and maybe even Draymond on this slate. So I think this game makes a ton of sense. You know, we're going to get a lot of run and gun here. And this is just a game that makes. A ton of sense. Um so yeah, I think you I think you load up on Giannis in this spot. I think I think he shows up big in this game. Um you know, assuming that he plays and he plays his normal minutes, he did the other night against Portland. Like I think you're I think you're loading up on Giannis and running it back with Curry and just hoping this game is super competitive back and forth. I
3: mean honestly I like Draymond Green better than Curry. Like I love Curry, but Draymond yeah, 6.7. Like, he's the better play if I had to pick it Point guard too, Draymond. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's just been fantastic what he's been doing. I mean, what, has double-double with assists in, what is it, I think like 14 of the last 20 games, something like that, that Curry's ended up playing. Um, he's just doing everything and facilitating so well, and 6.7K is not a high enough price tag when Curry's in the game. Like, it's just not. And this fast-paced matchup is perfect for him. So Draymond is one of my favorite plays on the entire board of any game. Um, at that price tag, and Curry is a phenomenal play in this type of high scoring, high pace game.
2: Yeah, this is this is a spot, man. This is this is the game that I really, really, really like. So we finish it out with Portland at LA taking on the Clippers. 226 and a half total here. Clippers favored by six and a half. We don't have an injury report for the Clippers yet, so uh, we'll have to wait and see on that. But Collins and Nurkic are out uh, for Portland. Let's start with Portland. Um, if you're not stacking the, the Golden State game, like I guess you could potentially stack this one too.
3: Yeah, I mean, the problem is Dame is still probably priced for, uh, where he should be. He's playing McCollum. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think McCollum's the better play. I mean, you look at his game log and 36 plus minutes, and he should last five games outside of the one OKC or against OKC where it was a complete total blow, and he still ended up with 36. Points in 26 minutes, so like McCollum's the bet much better play than Dame, I and mean, we kind of saw this earlier on in the season when McCollum and Lillard were in there, and McCollum was taking over a bit more. It's obviously not an easy matchup, and then I mean, without Nurk, Cantor seems a bit too cheap at 6K. Um, yeah, if you want to stack up this game, I think on the Portland side, it's it's Cantor and it's McCollum. I mean, Norman Powell is fine, but he's probably not going to get you a big game. I mean, it probably will happen eventually, but just hasn't quite happened yet for Portland and it's going to happen at some point. His price tags. All right. But this is, I don't think it's the spot. Um, so Cantor and McCollum, fantastic place on the slate.
2: Yep. Um, I'm with you. I really like Cantor, um, for tournaments on this slate. I think he has a ton of upside here and, uh, could have a, a monster game if he gets the minutes clipper side of things. I think why and Paul George, um, both very much in play here. Um, Overall, I think Kawhi is probably the safer play, but I think ceiling-wise, they're both really close um, when they're having ceiling games.
3: Yeah, and I mean, a match versus Portland is a perfect spot for it to happen. So, both, that's the only two I have any real interest in playing. I mean, I guess you could play Zubak. I know that he hasn't put up massive outings, but he's been playing a bunch of minutes, and he's going up against Cantor defense at so, we could potentially pretty easily get a double double out of him here and he can end up with 35 points. I mean, we've seen it once going up against San Antonio um, but he's had like a few not as great matchups. So realistically, I think there's a spot where Zubac's probably going to go a little under own. If you want to throw a Cantor Zubak double center stack over on DK, I don't mind that bringing in McCollum and Kawhi in there for a full on game stack or Paul George, uh, just whichever one of those two fits with a salary, but I prefer Kawhi over Paul George. But it's really just those three guys.
2: Yeah, I think Terrence Mann's price has caught up to the production. I don't know if he necessarily has too much of a ceiling at 4,900. It was nice when we were getting him in that like low fours, high threes range. Um, you know, playing off the bench, good usage off the bench, but you know, kind of has moved into like that Lou Williams role, but. I think his price is just caught up with the production. So uh, let's play the morning grind game and then uh, we'll get out of here. We're going to use DK pricing Um, favorite play under five K to go seven X. I feel like I should have had
3: something written down here, but obviously
2: it's like, you you haven't done this before.
3: Yeah. Um, gosh, I'm trying to remember his name Toronto. Why am I blanking on it? Um, oh gosh, Flynn. I was going to say that's the layup.
2: Yeah. Um if this guy gets hot like he's a guy that can have big games so I'm going to go Horton Tucker um for the Lakers cuz if he gets double digit shots he can go 7x. Uh f- over 8k to go under 5x who's your bust today? Butler. Yeah, I like that one. Um I'm going to go Jokic just because I don't think that game's going to stay close. Um, who do you got favorite six X play on the slate?
3: Easy Draymond.
2: Draymond Green. Like that call. Um, man, I wish we if we knew what the injury was news was gonna be on New Orleans, this would be easy. But I think I think regardless, I think Gallinari is just he's probably too cheap here. Um, so, really like Gallinari at 5,700. Um, let's get weird GPP play of the day. Anybody standing out to you today?
3: I don't know, I guess Aaron Gordon. Knocked out my headphone.
2: Aaron Gordon it is. Um, I'm going <laughs> to... Oh, it's April. I'm going to go Isaiah Thomas. Um <laughs> I could I could see myself just like using him. So,
3: I thought April Fools was a few days ago.
2: <laughs> it was. That's why this isn't a joke.
3: <laughs> I mean, my problem is he's at five point one k, but I mean, it, it's definitely yeah. that is a YOLO play.
2: That's a let's get weird GPP play of the day. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, any game selection, anything standing out to you on uh, FanDuel or DraftKings today?
3: I'm, I'm just going to keep saying super draft because there was like 20% overlay today. There will probably be 20% overlay tomorrow. And I mean, the biggest thing is it's perfect for this time of year. Like, they're already a significant portion of my play, but they're most all of my play right now because, like, all these last minute things, all these guys that are just popping into the rules, like, literally, the indie game and the new orleans game it makes so many guys open up i mean flynn was a fantastic play today and he came in at 0.7 because people didn't take things into account so like there's going to be 20 percent overlay on super draft likely and you can play you don't have to worry about filling up all your salary cap which can just piss you off on any given night
2: yeah um and, and like if you're in a rut like it's always good to just kind of switch things up so um basketball like, I don't know. I guess I I just have to kind of point this out there because I, I thought it was interesting to see. Um, FanDuel is running a fantasy qualifier again. Um, so it's back, Grant. Um, so I, I'm definitely interested to check this out. You know, they're doing the live trip. Um, it's a live final in a yacht in Florida. Um, so I just... Listen, live finals are so minus EV, and even if you like qualify, you could still be minus EV. But I just wanted to throw it out there, like you know. You're talking to someone
3: who I've been to many live finals with, you, my friend.
2: I know we have been to. That's how we met for the first time.
3: But I mean, I honestly, with COVID, being out on a boat sounds a lot safer to me.
2: Yeah, get to go out on a yacht, forty million dollar mega yacht in Miami, Florida.
3: Yeah, there's rougher ways to live life.
2: So yeah. Um any over under against the spread standing out to you here?
3: I mean we don't have much, but Miami minus five and a half seems a bit low. I'm gonna go with that. Um
2: Gimme Boston at home. Minus one and a half. Yeah, I feel he's
3: terrible on the road. I like that one a lot too.
2: Um, any final thoughts before we get out of here?
3: Pay attention to news specifically on the New Orleans and Indie game.
2: What is your favorite topping on pizza?
3: Pepperoni is is easy, but like that's just the basic one. Uh, Prosciutto off the board and prosciutto, figs, and pineapple. Not all on the same pizza, but those are the three off the board ones I absolutely love. Prosciutto is my favorite pizza topping.
2: So like what if you're if, if it's a go to like Friday for for the genie for like what what is your go to like normal pizza? Uh,
3: deep dish from Blue Pan, prosciutto, fig jam, and goat cheese.
2: All right, goat cheese on pizza is awesome. By the way, goat oh, cheese gosh. on anything is awesome. Goat cheese and
3: ricotta is super underrated on pizza.
2: Yep, my go to like Friday night pizza would be pepperoni, mushrooms, onions. Very oh. very normal.
3: There is also a Chipotle owned a place called Pizzeria Locale out here in Denver. Good pizza for like seven bucks, all like Chipotle style. So you make it yourself. And some one of the best I've had of there. So I must always end up back when I had people over um, a lot, I would just get like five of them on a random and they have an Intella pizza that's just breadsticks with Nutella on it. And it's just fantastic.
2: You can't mess that up. <laughs> yeah uh roasted garlic on pizza is awesome too oh like, yeah so all right i'm hungry that's it <laughs> um we're gonna get out of here i hope everyone enjoyed we'll be back um talking basketball tomorrow um i'll be on again so and then justin and will, will pick up on thursday so good luck everyone and we'll see you guys again tomorrow yeah kids